Hello, everyone, and welcome to We Hate People, the podcast for people too young to whine on talkback radio and too old to believe in idealism. This is episode 11, recorded Sunday, February 7th, 2016. I am your host, lucky you, Simon Potter, and with me is a man who needs no introduction. <laughs> Thanks, Simon. I, I was just uh, reminiscing about the fact it seems like we haven't had much of a break. We only did an episode of this on the 8th of November last year. It's, you know, I don't think we got much of a break. Yeah, well, you know, we hate people, so why would we? Yeah, because that's, I think that'd be the longest, that's longer than a university break. Ooh, that is a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, good to be here. Um, we survived. The uh, Someone said to me, actually, the other day, they're surprised we didn't have a whole ranting about Christmas episode, but it's a bit late to really do that now, so I think we should just forget about it and save it for next year. Well, it's it's easy. I, I hate Christmas episodes. Oh, nice. So <laughs> why give them oxygen? Yeah, true. Love it. Have we got anything else to talk about, or is that pretty much it? No, I think we could just probably wrap it up now. I mean, we're just going through the motions right, right about now, aren't we? Yeah, it's hot. It's, you know, it's summer. For those of us down this end of the earth. Yeah, we, we survived the Iowa caucuses, so that was nice. Oh, yes. Much more on that later, I believe. Could be wrong. Could be. Depends how uninformed we feel. Yes. <laughs> so, so what have you been up to? Oh, I um, went and saw Star Wars for the third time on Friday night. I was always determined I would see it three times when it came out. So I saw it midnight screening uh, in 3D and then a couple of days later in 2D and then waited essentially a month or a bit over a month and um, saw it a third time on Friday night with a friend So, and still enjoyed it the third time. And did the extra dimension help? 3D, no, I don't think it added a lot. Um, I enjoyed the second and third times just as much in 2D. I just didn't, it wasn't thinking, oh, I wish I had 3D. Um, and like any movie, if you watch it three times, you pick up things you didn't pick up the first time, which I like. Yeah, there's a lot going on, awful lot going on. And um, not not bothering about 3D, I, I think most TV manufacturers agree with you right now because I haven't noticed any 4K 3D. No, it's, yeah, you, you don't, it's just, it was a fad for what, a year, two years and then gone. Yeah, yeah, maybe if they're going to do 4K 3D, they should just bump it up a notch and go the go the go to the next level and do 4D. Oh. So it sprays water out the screen and all yeah. that sort of stuff. Yeah, it, it sprays water in your face periodically. <laughs> Love it. What is the point of those cinemas? What? Why do people even go to... What is the wrong with the people that go to 4D, 5D, 8D cinemas? Yeah. What is wrong with people? Go I, to an EO, then you can see that it doesn't work. I did a 4D. The only 4D cinema I recall doing was a couple of years back. We went to New Zealand and the Antarctic Centre there in... Forgetting which city... Dunedin? Christchurch. Christchurch. Um, I went to the Antarctic Centre and they have the 4D experience, the big the IMAX-like screen and they have water and wind blow and that for the experience of Antarctica. I could sort of see the point there, but that was about it. Mm, no, if, if it's not introducing at least a moderate frostbite, it's not really doing its job. Well, actually, for those that are playing on travelling to New Zealand, they actually do offer you that too. There's a, an Antarctic chamber that you walk into. You've got to totally suit up for near Antarctic conditions and they actually drop the temperature to minus 24 or 25, I think it is. 
um, and replicate the sound, the noise of a, a blizzard and all that. It's pretty bloody impressive, actually. Oh, you just go to Southland in midsummer for that. <laughs> Spoken like a true expatriate. Mm. <laughs> so, so you in general you like four D? No, no. I, th- I think I can only see it being useful for that sort of natural documentary sort of experience. If, but even then, most of it would be overhyped. But yeah, I mean, Star Wars, for example. What would you? You know, you'd smell that awful beast that was drinking the water or you'd get that, you know, what what would be the point? Well, 4D for, say, Empire would be good because then we could actually smell what a Tauntaun sounds like after oh, nice. it's open. Yeah. So, so that could be good. Um, uh, we could experience what it feels like to uh, have a planet blown up. Uh, that, well, that that would probably be quite expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the other thing about Star Wars too is my friend had said, was seeing it for the first time um, and he enjoyed it. He's not a Star Wars, you know, lover. He, he's uh, 10 years older than me, so he's, he's probably just a little bit old to have had that childhood wonder with Star Wars, but still really enjoyed it at the end of the day. He could see the parallels with Episode Four and all that, but still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, the more I've thought about the, uh, the way they've done that, the the more I I approve of it in general. The only thing, and and watching it three times, is the logic gaps or the I put it another way, the requirements to suspend disbelief get stronger each time you watch it. So the one out of all of it, and I think I mentioned this on an episode of Flashpoint, the one I really struggle with is when Ray sneaking around the, um, you know the. It's not the Death Star, but you know what I mean. The the bits in the interiors, Planet Killer or Star Killer, yeah, Star Killer base, um, and it's the same as Episode Four. I just love that they have hyperspace, but no one's invented CCTV. Well, that's the thing. There's an awful lot of things that simply are absent in the Star Wars universe, yeah. <laughs> and it just it just it's beyond logic, and you've just got to force yourself to forget that because otherwise you just get annoyed. Uh, well, I think you just got to take it as there's things that they've they've advanced that technology they have that's far more advanced than us, and technologies that they simply haven't even thought of. Yeah, that's true. I like your thoughts. So, uh, lots lots of large pointless blinking lights instead of instead of big screen TVs. So, yeah, and, and USB drives that are still bigger than the ones we have today. Oh yes. <laughs> And then I won't even start on, um, I've forgotten, the captain, uh, the stormtrooper captain played by the woman from Game of Thrones. Oh, um, Phasma. Phasma, that's the one. Um, the fact that, you know, they can have her hold up and that she has no ability within her suit to have a duress alarm or contact anyone saying, these guys have kidnapped me. It's armour. <laughs> you can't even see out of stormtrooper armour, let alone actually <laughs> that's right. powers in it. It's, it doesn't have the power of normal vision. So I don't know what you could expect her to do, apart from just looking pretty awesome. But at least we know it filters out smoke, but not toxins. So whoever designed it, they must have won huge design medals. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the filters, it's a bit like the, those, those masks that some Asian people wander around the streets wearing. I don't know whether it's to stop them getting germs or to filter out pollution, but I'm pretty sure that whatever they're wearing it for, it's probably not doing the job. No. But it makes them feel better, so... Who am I to argue? Yeah. 
So, I mean, I'm sure they're grateful that harmless smoke is kept out, but anthrax and everything else can get right in. Mm. Good. Glad we settled that. Yeah. Still love the movie, though, Hanging Out for Rogue Squadron. That's next cab off the rank. I'm really looking forward to seeing what that's like. The, the tone of that should be very, very interesting, especially since there's going to be no light sticks. Yes. And exactly. that's magicians in it, or yes. very few of them. And we get to see many bottoms. Mm. Whoever the hell that is. <laughs> so we we do have a running sheet. We uh, do allegedly. None of that was actually on it. So did you want to just uh, take a, a a a light skip through some of the topic suggestions that we've had from uh, listeners? Yes. Yeah, so from our vast audience of <laughs> yes, from our vast audience of um, we eight people listeners, I'm pleased to say we had three suggestions, all of which came from Flashpoint guest or regular co-hosts, but we still much appreciate it. So Kazma's had two good ones. One, that people that move in front and block you as you're trying to pass them because they're walking slow. So I like to turn that pedestrian rage. That's actually an interesting one because um, even with footpaths in Australia, at least, more and more bikes get it, bicycles getting on there as well. So you've got the double whammy of... Um, overtaking slow walkers and then having to watch for oncoming bikes. So you do a bit of walking, Simon? I know I do. Yeah, yes, yes. And since I've had a, a, a Galaxy Gear S, it keeps nagging me if I'm not walking enough or it doesn't think I'm walking enough. So, yes, uh, I've been prompted to do a lot more pedestrianising. And there's a real etiquette there, particularly not so much in cities because... You're just pushing through however you can there. But on suburban footpaths where if I'm walking, I, I try and do about 35, 40 k's a week of walking. Mm-hmm. And if I'm walking and I see someone up ahead that I'm gaining on slowly, it's worse than fast. So you go, okay, now do I really need to you know, put on some pace and get past them? But there's still this awkward 5 to 15 seconds, <laughs> depending on their pace, where you're essentially walking side by side them. And you go, do I acknowledge them? Do I say hello? I've got my headphones on. I don't really want to say hello. Do I just pass them? I've been known to start jogging so that I can get past them fast and then make myself jog another 100 metres till I'm well past and then slow back down to walking pace. How do you deal with it, Simon? I generally walk faster than most people anyway, so it's not really an issue. I just, I just have to try and not uh, leave them choking on dust as I hurtle past. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's the advantage we have as being tall gentlemen. Um, but I just find it's more your people in active wear trying to – they're out for an exercise walk like I am, and I'm an old bugger, so it's like, oh, how far, how far do I push myself? Oh, God, yes. There's Especially around here, there's a particular breed of, um, of uh, female persons who – get dressed up in their active wear. <laughs> At a certain time in the morning, they'll, they'll go out in groups of two or three and, you know, they're, they're, they're probably wearing about $300 worth of Nike, Reebok, whatever. They're barely walking and they are just gas bagging. And I'm thinking, why don't you go and have a coffee and just enjoy your conversation rather than pretending that you're actually doing anything. Doing something. It's, it's just, it's a ridiculous absolutely ridiculous display and they look they look, they look ridiculous especially if they're walking very slowly yet they're doing the power arm the power uh. arm pump 
and you just walk and thinking, I've seen clown shows less pathetic than this. And every clown show is pathetic, incidentally. I hate clowns. Clowns, <laughs> clowns are the worst. If you're a clown, I'm sorry, but you've made poor life choices. Just look in the mirror without your makeup on. Tim Curry's Pennywise is pretty cool, though. I, I don't even know where to start. How many, how many people listening to the show would even know about that? that oh, is, surely surely a, out of our six listeners, at least three are Stephen King fans. Or Tim Curry fans. Or Tim Curry fans. That might bring it up to four. He does seem to be in a lot of things with, with that require excessive makeup. Yeah, very true. Apart from Clue. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a classic movie. I, I hate Clue, but I, uh, a significant other of mine absolutely adores it. Um, I, I'd love to do a whole episode on Stephen King's It one day. I think it's one of the greatest books of the 20th century, but... The, the book, yeah, but the book or the miniseries? No, I, think I, I think, make a distinction. Yeah, no, it's fair point. The book, um, I don't know that I've actually watched the miniseries. I do know that they are doing another, I think it's a movie version of it. It's I don't know where it started production, but there's been a long-term talk about a, a new remaking of it. Well, why not? They did a movie of, what was it, Gem and the Holograms? Is that what that old cartoon show was called? It was, out, it was the, girl, the girl version of Transformers. They, were, they were, um, both came out at the same time, I think, in the 80s. Oh, I haven't heard of that one. You've heard of, you haven't heard of Transformers? Oh, Transformers, no, but the Gem and the Holograms I haven't heard of. Yeah, it was a, sort of an updated version of Josie and the Pussycats, which is going back, that's going back to like Scooby-Doo kind of days. Yeah, and Archie. No, Archie, Archie and uh, Candy Girl will be going back another generation. Yeah, the 1950s. I think I mentioned on one of the podcasts before, the new Archie comics are brilliant. The reboots that they've done. I, I have heard this, yes. I have, I've heard that they've actually managed to update without completely trashing themselves. Exactly. It, it, it keeps to the original feel of the Archie comics but totally makes it feel modern. It's, it's a hell of a feat. Having someone like Mark Wade writing it helps, um, but it's, yeah, brilliant. Mm. We've covered everything, and we haven't even got to the running sheet yet. Yeah, it's, it has been a bit tangential. Oh, so pedestrian rage, that's what we're talking about. So, yes, agreement on pedestrian rage. Can't see that. I can only see that getting worse as more and more of us hopefully get active and jump on bikes and, and walk and... Some cities just don't cope with this at all. Cities like Melbourne do relatively well with that stuff. Uh, I think Adelaide as well, but Sydney, Brisbane, not so good. Well, I I think... No, I don't think I know that the problem is people who think they can multitask. And you know who you are. You know who you are. People that think they can multitask, but all they can actually do is do several things at once poorly. Yes. That's not the same thing. The multitask is better to focus on one thing at a time. So when you go to the gym, you do your exercises, get out in 30 minutes. Yes. Don't have some kind of slightly more than sedentary pace on a reclining cycle machine while checking your Twitter feed <laughs> or anything like that or um, walking down the street checking your Twitter feed or basically doing anything other than sitting down on the tram, checking your Twitter feed. There's there's places to do this, folks, and when you're stuck in the middle of the sidewalk, wandering along at a glacial pace, that 
ain't the place for it because you will get someone like me who's trying to just get somewhere, you know, because that's what walking is usually for is to get from A to B. And I'm just going to start knocking people over. And trust me, I'm the size where I can do that. Bloody oath you are. Um I know, in full agreement. And the multitasking is dangerous. The couple of times I've had texts come in or whatever while I'm walking and I've been stupid enough to try and respond to them, there's, I think, at least two occasions where I've fallen over. So, you know, bump in the, the path or whatever and I'm not looking properly. So you're right. Focus on the walk. Got to have some music or something. I tend to listen to music or podcasts. And if any of you happen to be... Going for an, uh, a walk, whether for exercise or other, and listening to this podcast, do let us know and you'll win a prize. Yes. Uh, Pro- probably a, a, a copy of Sunset Overdrive. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, for listeners of Flashpoint, that'll be really funny. Otherwise, you won't get it. Oh. I was going to offer either that or a free um, copy of episode 12 of We Hate People. Mmm. That's, that's some quality prize giving. It is. All right. Um, so thank you, Kazmus. And the other one he had was, um, and it's sort of similar except um, on the road, and it's those dreaded old people again, people that don't do the speed limit and also don't indicate. If a 70-year-old is scared to travel 70 kilometres an hour, they shouldn't be driving. So there's a lot of issues in there. But can we start with the indicating? Have you noticed? Are you, you drive much? Uh, not as much as I did. No, because you're, you're a city dweller, so you don't really need to. No, it's not essential. No. Um, what I'm noticing living in a regional city is I still do quite a bit of driving. It seems to me the last five years the number of people that don't bother to indicate in a whole range of scenarios has increased exponentially. Oh. And it's not. I, and I'm certainly not going to, uh, unlike Casmus, I'm not going to point the finger more at old people. I tend to find it's more your 18 to 30s. They just don't give a shit, whether it's at a roundabout or a... Uh, intersection or whatever it is, no blinker. I, and particularly when I'm walking, talking about the previous topic of walking, I will not cross a road uh, without constantly eyeballing the vehicle that may be turning to where I'm crossing, even though they haven't got a blinker on. Yeah. Well, I, I think this really comes down to that it's basically the same issue. It's people who don't take due care Yeah. when they're out and about, whether they're driving, walking, jogging, cycling, whatever. You need to treat everyone else out there as an idiot. You need to watch where you're going and be aware of what's going on around you. People that don't do that are going to get hurt or worse yet, get someone else hurt. Uh, I mean, people, if you think about it, if you're you're walking along at a moderate pace, say four miles an hour, and I think um, a, a quick walk would be about six, so even three, you walk into a lamppost or trip and fall over. You know, uh, you, you're going to you're going to skin your knee. You're going to just you're going to hurt yourself if you fall. You're going to get a, a pretty good bruise if you walk into a lamppost, and that's just going slowly. Yeah. Like, just think, just scale that up to travelling on a, a, a bicycle or a, a motor vehicle of any description. People just don't. They become complacent and don't appreciate the the amount of damage they can do until it happens and then and then of course they're racked with remorse oh i'm terribly sorry yeah. i can't believe i did that i i feel so bad well you should feel bad you're a dickhead yeah and it tends to be the people that haven't had any minor accidents earlier in their driving career so i mean i had uh 
a larger sort of accident that I, and through no fault of mine, but an idiot turned right in front of me at a no right-hand turn, and I hit their car at about 50 k's an hour straight into the passenger side the old lady was in. She was taken away in an ambulance. Um, sorry about that, Gail. And um, that ever since, every intersection, I'm you know on edge making sure everything's all right. So I think it's the people that have just cruised through from, say, 18 to 25 um, done whatever they've wanted and they think they're invincible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I must admit, I've had, I had a, a, well, managed to uh, roll, roll down a hill uh, outside of Santa Barbara. So um, <laughs> that's, that certainly made me very aware of, of certain situations. So, yeah, I, I, I think it's probably good to get a few bumps and bruises early on um, just, just to give you an appreciation of the risks that are involved. Now, most people will be able to, you know, every, every, most people get from A to B without any major incidents. Um, a lot of close calls, I would imagine. Yeah. If they weren't paying attention and it doesn't take, it takes half a second less, especially when you're moving at speed for, for bad things to happen. Even when you're walking, you can, you can be walking along and you just pulled your phone out to, to check a notification just came through. Someone walks out of a shop, they didn't look where they were going, and you end up creaming into each other. So, you know, it's... It, you can... And that, yeah. Safety, Sam. That's what we That's, all need to be. That can happen. We just need to be aware and be concentrating on what we're doing at any given time. It's... <laughs> uh, words fail me. Yeah. Time so far. No, you're not wrong. So... Um, and I, I think old people and their ability to drive, there's an interesting debate there. So I agree, and I quite often swear at old people that are going too slow or causing hassles on the road. I think it would be an easy thing to really restrict older people on licences, but there's lots of evidence to show the fact that once you take an older person's independence, if their car is a key part of that, their their health and everything can, can deteriorate quite quickly. And this is where I see one of the huge advantages of driverless cars coming in. Yeah. That's one of the things that uh, stand out to me in Australia as opposed to New Zealand. In, in New Zealand, you have to get a warrant of fitness. I think it's every year or every couple of years where you take your car in and it gets checked out. You don't have to do that here. You just get a roadworthy when um, it gets licensed. And that, apart from getting periodic checks, there's no, there's no compulsory vehicle check that I'm aware of. Or yes, there is. Um, that said, it's probably heavily state-based, but in New South Wales, my understanding, and I'm not totally up on the legislation, but it's either after 70 or 75, uh, it's either yearly or second yearly you need, I think it's something like a doctor's certificate that you still fit. Oh, no, no, I, I mean the motor vehicle. Oh, motor vehicle, no, it's purely, yeah, once you get a pink slip from a mechanic, that's it. Yeah, which is stupid. The vehicles should be checked every every couple of years, at least, to make sure that they're still that they're in good order. Uh, now, in in New Zealand, sometimes this can turn into a bit of a rort, a bit of a money generating exercise for the government. That's which, let's face it, that's what government does: is it takes a good idea and then completely screws it. Uh, but the the basic fundamental concept, I think, has value. And if you're doing that for vehicles, then I think you have, should have to reset your license every five or ten years. You're going to get renew your license, you have to reset it. Yeah, that, that I agree with because I know there's a whole bunch of stuff I'm not totally au fait with and most people are like that. So I agree, resetting your license would be a great thing. 
Yeah, well, you get into bad habits. Now, um, some might argue that that's a bureaucratic intrusion and, uh, and taking freedom away. Well, how about the freedom of not being rear-ended by someone who's been doing the same stupid thing for the last 30 years and luck's finally caught up with them and you've been on the receiving end of it? That's right. So I would, I would like to exercise my freedom in that regard of not being, taking one up the ass because someone's an idiot. Yes. And you kids, get off our lawn. Yes. Sure. <laughs> No, very valid points. And our third uh, listener suggestion was from our esteemed Flashpoint co-host, Ben McJanet, who uh, picked up on a little bit of news in the last week about Phil Anselmo from Pantera being a racist prick shouting white power from the stage during a tribute show to Dimebag Daryl, uh, which is apparently the tribute show is called Dimebash, which, which is, you know, some witty person came up with that. Um, for those, I'm sure most people know Pantera, a metal band. Uh, so apparently got up at this uh, and not only shouted literally the words white power, but also did a Nazi salute. So, uh, Simon, am I right? I think we might be in agreement, though, as far as freedom of speech, fine, and just abuse the crap out of him after the fact, and that's where we should leave it. Yeah, I think there's a time and place to express your opinions about these things and I don't know, let's, let's assume that he may or may not have been on something, whether it be alcohol or something else, maybe his judgment was impaired. But yeah, it's uh, probably not the right venue. No, unless Dimebag was a closet Nazi and whatever and it's his way of showing support, but I somehow doubt that. Well, not not that I know a single song of Pantera's. I'm not exactly a metalhead myself. Well, no one's perfect. Although no. I do have to admit, Dime Bash sounds like some kind of assault with a sock full of coins. Very <laughs> in uh, Grand Theft Auto or something. Oh, yes. You've got the Dime Bash skill. Um, now, uh, I'm going to do a, a very ad hoc um, advertising plug. We have a sponsor. No, we don't. Well, we don't. It's actually one of my websites that I okay. set up just for fun. Um, I just, over Christmas, because, you know, what you do when there's no podcasting to do, you think, oh, and I, was, I, I love posting YouTube clips for songs I find just, you know, from my friends on Facebook, and most of them still st stay friends, so I'm assuming some of them find it entertaining. And I've, um, I had another friend that posts every Friday a funk song, and he call it Friday Funk. And I thought, well, maybe you should have a theme for every day of the week. So that led me to set up the Music Week. So it's, uh, what's the website? See, I'm good at promoting myself. I don't even know the website. It's themusicweek.net. And every day, so you'll love these, Simon. You'll either gag or find some of them amusing. Mondays is what? See if you can guess. Uh... So they're all alliterative. So it's something Mondays. And and talking about Dimebag reminded me of this. Uh, metal. Monday Master... Uh, metal Mondays. Oh, there we go. Yes, that's probably more like it. All right. Now, Tuesday and Thursday, there's two T's. I found this quite stressful, but I ended up coming up with... Thrash? So, Thrash? No, because I don't like metal that way. I only wanted one day um, of metal. And actually, in retrospect, it's the least viewed 
day of the week. So all the other days gets a lot of interest from a decent cohort of people and every Metal Monday it drops by 90%. Um, so, yeah, only one Metal Day. It's Twisted Tuesdays. So anything novelty, bizarre, um, whatever. All right. Um, That's the day for tuning into the Monster Mash, is it? Yeah, or Weird Owl, or all sorts. Or just there's so many bizarre music clips on YouTube. I'll never run out of material there. Um, Wednesday, Wu Tang, Wu Tang Wednesday. <laughs> I'd love to devote to one artist. Uh, no, I actually thought I've got to have one day of the week where I can post whatever the hell I want that I'm not constrained. So Wednesday's whatever. Okay. All right. I'm feeling that your theme's kind of falling apart. It started strong and... Yeah, no, it gets better. Okay. Thursday. Top tens. Top ten Thursday. So any song that features has to have been in the top ten of a week or year in any year since, you know, late 1950s when rock started. Yeah, you see, Tuesday would work better for that because it's more alliterative. Tuesday top ten. Top ten Tuesday. Top 10 Tuesday. Oh, see, I might have to change that. Um, Friday, I've already mentioned, so it's Friday Funk because that's my friend Tim came up with that anyway. It's good, that works. Yes. Um, Now, Saturday and Sunday, two S's. Now, Saturday's to do with I love, as a nerd and a keyboard player, I love electronic music. So Saturday is Saturday Synthetic. So anything electronic that doesn't have organic instruments in it. Okay. And then so the other... I, in- my mind went to, to sort of a polyester Hawaiian shirt, really. Well, there's plenty of electronic clips that have feature them, so you're not far off. Mm-hmm. And then the other end of the spectrum for an S is Sunday Soul. Huh. So Soul and R&B on Sundays. Sunday Soul. I like that. That works. Yeah, yeah, that one. So, uh, you know, Tim came up with Friday Funk. Out of the rest of a Metal Monday and Sunday Soul probably work and the rest are shit. I, I think maybe some, some retooling at, at some point along the way might not be an entirely bad, thing. bad idea. But I want to drop Metal Monday because no one, no one watches the clips. So I'm trying to think of another M. Mashup Monday, but I don't want to just have mashups. Mm. So anyway, there you go, themusicweek.net. We'd love you to watch a video clip or two. It's not to make money. It's purely for people to discover new music. And the feedback's been really good. So we've got a handful of regular viewers that just go, oh, I've never heard of this song or I wouldn't have seen heard this song in years if you hadn't have posted it or whatever. So we try and go for something different, not just the really obvious shit like Cold Chisel and Elton John. That's uh, an, an interesting... <laughs> Interesting combination yes. of artists there. I did post Bowie, though, for obvious reasons, when the great man died. That could be another whole episode on its own. Uh, yes, everybody was... Yes, don't mourn him, just you Googleize him. <laughs> was that a Zoolander reference? Yes. Um, I, did, to... I did tweet that out at one point. Love it. Uh, probably at a time when no one saw it, so... Because one of my many movies I've never watched, but only watched in the last six weeks, is Zoolander. Well, Zoolander 2's coming out. Yeah, and the trailer looks good. So when I went for the third viewing of Star Wars, it had the Zoolander 2 trailer, and I've watched it again since. Looking promising, all the original cast there. Yes, apart from obviously Boeing. 
Or is he? Yeah, no. Well, yeah, that'd be a bit spooky. Oh, he might have shot some scenes before hand. Well, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Um, so anyway, sorry about that unadulterated plug of the music week, but I don't make any money out of it. I just love more people to enjoy it. So for the six of you listening, if two of you could listen to the music week, that's doubled my readership. Excellent. And, <laughs> and uh, talking about trying to increase support, the US presidential race, do you want to pick a winner, I believe? I think we both should. So I, I think we're just as well qualified as most of the pundits. Um, what We've got Iowa and then we've got New Hampshire coming up next, isn't it, as far as the caucus? Yep. Yep. Um, I don't really know that much about US presidential politics beyond they have the caucuses, the... Uh, each of the caucuses can be different as far as sometimes it's community gatherings, other times it's more formal voting, I think, isn't it? Yep. Um, they run for months. I think the final ones are in, what, June or July? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Hillary Clinton won by the barest of margins over um, Sanders, Bernie Sanders, mm-hmm. for the Democrats, and um, it was Ted Cruz that won for the Republicans, wasn't it, by a decent margin. Yes. Over our friend Donald Trump, who appeared in Zoolander. I wonder if he'll appear in Zoolander too. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I would love, at risk of sounding like a, one of those dreaded socialists that a lot of Americans hate, I'd love to see Bernie Sanders get up, but I just can't see it. I think he'll win New Hampshire. So the polling apparently, this is as of a week ago, shows he might blitz Clinton in New Hampshire, but I think it'll go downhill after that. So, well, let's just talk about the Democratic race. Yeah. Democrat, Democrats, right, whatever. Um, the the, uh, the centre side of politics as opposed to the right because there is no left in, in American politics regardless of what uh, a lot of commentators seem to think. You can argue Bernie Sanders is definitely a lefty, though. Well, compared to the leader of the Labour Party in the UK... Uh, no, that's a good point. I No, probably not, but he wouldn't be that far to the right of him. Mm. Uh, actually, I wonder, is it worth it? And I don't mean this in a patronising way because it took me a long time. Do, does everyone actually understand left and right, even though there are lots of people that argue that that whole left-right dichotomy is bullshit anyway, but I still think it works quite well. I don't think a lot of people do because a lot of people consider National Socialism, and there's a clue in the name of that, um, to be ultra right wing, but they're not. Well, see, I thought that was the case because if you look at it, the spectrum is more of a circle. The the really extreme, I'm, I might be getting myself in intellectual hot water here. The really extreme, extreme left and the extreme, extreme right tend to get very close to each other in a lot of ways. Um, can do. I think the confusing factor with that is that. Um, there's there's a couple of different spectrums there. It's more like a uh, what do you call the the diagrams that have the the two axes uh, and th- that meet in the middle. Yeah, I know what you mean. One of those things looks like a plus. Um, but if I remember correctly, um, so you've got the level of um, control. I think it is. So you've got fascism. That's right. Top, and then you've got anarchy or anarchism, which doesn't mean no control whatsoever uh it is actually a it is actually a philosophical system yes uh and then you've got the more economic one which is i think there's is it libertarian yep 
on one side, and I can't remember what the 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 more right hand side is. Totalitarianism, wouldn't it be? Um, no, I don't think so. No, but anyway, total government uh, control versus none. Yeah, but basically, it's got to do with that. So they were actually the National Socialists. Um, and if anyone doesn't know what the National Socialists is, that's the Nazis. Uh, were left wing in their economic stance, but they were ultra controlling. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons. There was a, a lot of lot of um, a lot of similarities between uh, Hitler and Stalin, except mm-hmm. Stalin would have nationalised everything, yeah. where Hitler didn't. But really, it came to much the same thing because all the, you know, um, um, BMW and Messerschmitt and Mercedes and whoever, all private companies before the war were all basically under state instruction to do this, that, and the other. Anyway, they were all kind of, it all, so it's, it's a case of semantics. So I think there is a lot of confusion between what is, what is, uh, left and right, what is libertarian, what is libertarian. Yeah. Um, but it's not really, it's not really improved by the fact that people just don't pay a lot of attention nice. to these things. They'll, uh, they'll, enjoy the show they'll enjoy all the all the all the pops and bangs and fireworks but uh, most people don't take the time to learn the learn the details so uh in the case of representative democracy going along and hearing people hearing the candidates speak find out what they stand for uh look into their background and so forth they'll leave that up to journalists and pundits and for the most part punditry you don't get a, any kind of coherent debate on it you end up with, just with a lot of noise and yelling yeah and that goes for fox news or ns nbc msnbc uh they're both just as absolutely appalling as each other and i don't think cnn's far away from it either they, they seem to be a lot of uh, a, a lot of a lot of pointless noise with very little uh, insight provided yeah, indeed. Yeah, there's a lot, lot of criticism of CNN over the last few years that they've deteriorated a lot in the quality. Oh, they have. They used to actually, you know, what was it, cable news network? Now it's sort of cable noise network. Yeah. Wolf Blitzer must be just sitting in his chair going, what the hell happened? <laughs> so anyway, I just thought, yeah, I, so apologies if you hate politics or B, don't understand the left-right divide, but... Simon's covered it nicely and essentially left tends to believe in generally more government involvement in people's affairs, um, looking after those poorer um, through direct intervention, whereas right-wingers tend to think less government is better and the market will sort out and trickle down to the poor people eventually. Yeah, well, I I think in broad strokes the trickle-down theory has been proven to... Be bullshit, yes. You can't... Crappy, uh, but then major state intervention and government programs, unless you're talking about the New Deal, and that had its own set of problems. Um, I've also proven to be completely ineffective and just sinkholes for for corruption. So, yeah, I don't know where the answer is, but it doesn't seem to be at either end of the sh- of the of the shouting match. Quite frankly, that's uh, right. New ideas are needed, and I think that's probably one of the reasons why Trump is doing so well is because he's not part of this. This um, this Washington-based tar pit. No, the Sanders to some extent. I think that's why they're both appealing so much. Oh, well, I mean, if, if um, Trump hadn't been there, then this uh, uh, "Hey, I'm not a Beltway insider." Cruz would have been grabbing hold of that and running with with that particular line. He can't now because he looks, by contrast, he looks like a, an insider. But the trouble is, he also looks like the the 
the uh, the sane bet for some people, and that's the people <laughs> because Trump's there uh, making him look that way. That's right. If you look at it, uh, Cruz's policies, I think he might be more dangerous as president, quite frankly, than um, than Trump would be. Yeah. Go on. No, I was going to say, my concern, yeah, I think you're right. I think Cruz knows how power works to some extent, so it would be more dangerous. Trump, when he got in there, understands how power works from a business viewpoint, but I, I'm guessing that within three months of becoming, pre, becoming president, the Joint Chiefs of Staff, all the senior advisors from the main departments, that'll essentially be having to either not put into action some of his more stupid things or outright tell the public this guy's an absolute nutbag we need to impeach him or get rid of him whereas Cruz won't come across like that and we'll be able to get a lot of nutty things through the right way well yeah that might be true um, the the thing that concerns me about Cruz is for better or worse he has uh, he has firm opinions and um, I suppose as much as a politician can have some level of dedication to his beliefs um, whereas Trump strikes me as being far more pragmatic and would probably moderate and modify or drop things depending on the situation. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm guessing he might get half a dozen people around the table in the situation room and say, what do you reckon? And yeah, you're right. He wouldn't take a wider view. He'd just make a call on how he was feeling on the day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure how it'll work out, but I mean, hopefully Cruz won't get in. Hopefully Trump won't get in. Uh, I'm not, I don't know who would get in at this point. Marco Rubio, possibly. Yeah. Um, Definitely not Jeb Bush. No, no. He just hasn't been able to get the excitement up. And that's the sad thing about this. It's, it's uh, a, a good leader isn't about oratory. It's not about performance. I mean, if you look at the early, uh, one of the, the first presidential debates, I suppose, was between Nixon and Kennedy. Nixon was considered a shoo-in. And for radio listeners, Nixon was considered the winner of that. But because of a couple of reasons, he ended up going on there with uh, with uh, either bad makeup or uh, not good makeup. So he had a, a shadow. He appeared to be perspiring heavily. And he just didn't come across. The vision wasn't good. But what he was saying and how he was saying it was. Whereas Kennedy just looked like Kennedy. Yeah. He just he just had that uh, he had that charm and that charisma, uh, something which didn't translate so well on radio because then you're listening more to what's being said and how it's being said. So, yeah, the, the I'd, I would actually like to see television debates banned. Stick it all on radio. Yeah, good point. If if possible, or just keep it as live events and don't televise them. But the, the, I think these things are. It just turns it into a complete sideshow. And when you've got someone like Megan Kelly uh, and the the Fox News crew on there, I, I mean, they've got no journalistic integrity anyway, any of them, quite frankly. Sorry if that offends anyone, but um, they... I've, I wouldn't want to see anyone from MSNBC doing it either. I mean, just, just bring back the guy from PBS. At least yeah. nobody trusts PBS, so that's fine. <laughs> But they don't. They don't really seem to have a. They don't have a barrow to, to uh, push. Who is that? Push. That's it. That's yep. yes. Uh, a, a furrow to hoe, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, but they. They can. They at least appear to be more neutral than any of the 
these lunatic so-called journalists from either either extreme um, media organisation. It's just it's just a, it's just a mess. It really is just a mess. It's turned into a sideshow. It's turned into yeah. a, a marketing opportunity, and which makes it nearly impossible to pick a winner. And I mean, I, as far as picking winners, I'm going to come down not on the fence, but I'm going to come up with two options. One will be, and these are pretty obvious, but Sanders wins if he's lucky, the Democratic nomination and goes up against Cruz, in which case Cruz wins because they'll run a beautiful... Those Liberals will, you know, put everything back to the government. They'll send us broke. They'll raise your taxes. That's not what America's about. Um, He'll keep his nutbag stuff low level. Sanders will be too nice to pick him out, uh, call him out on some of the nuttier stuff. Um, So Cruz will win. The other one is Clinton, which is a more likely thing, will win the Democratic nomination. Um, I'm guessing against Cruz and win, and against Trump, she'd probably win as well. Do you know, it's it's really hard to say. The, The thing about Hillary is, although she's probably more likely to get the Democratic nomination, she's just so universally loathed by the right they, that might actually get more people on the on the uh, centre right and right out to vote. Yeah. So it might actually end up working against the Democrats. Sanders, I don't know whether a lot of people will take him that seriously on the right. The the red under the bed sort of line might work, but I don't know. It's it's one thing about getting people to vote for you. It's another thing about getting people out to vote in the first place, which is always been the problem in the US. Is yes engaged enough so they'll need to need someone that they can really scare people with so and i don't know that sanders would actually do that but hillary absolutely they'll be able to scare the uh, the middle america and the and the uh, the evangelical right yes my other concern with sanders is that he looks old and i'd worry about him dropping dead in office Based on nothing. He just, I don't know, he looks like he's about, even though I haven't looked, I don't know how much older he is than Hillary. He'd be a couple of years older, I think. But um, I don't know what it is. But something, he just seems like his health's not 100%. He does seem a little more frail, I will admit. I mean, how old is Trump? Yeah, well, that's he a good point. Is so Bernie Sanders is 74. Yeah, Donald Trump is 69. And I'm just going to look up Hillary. I think she's about 70. I think it's fair to say that Trump even... Okay, it's four years. She's 68. Hillary's 68. Okay. I would have to say that Sanders looks older. Trump seems far more robust. At, yeah. At, uh, whether it's a toupee or not, he still seems far more energetic and robust than, than Sanders does. Yeah, but so I, Sanders is six years older than Clinton. That's a big difference. Yeah, yeah, it's... Hmm. Uh, for the for the stress of that job, I mean, look look how Obama's aged. Oh, I just have to look at how any of them aged. I mean, in Clinton, just to yeah. old very uh, uh, Bill Clinton got old very quickly. That could be uh, just because he had too many hand jobs in the Oval Office. I'm not sure. <laughs> and Ted Cruz is forty five, and he's another non. I didn't think on Cruz, Cruz looks older. Yeah, number one, but number two is born in Canada. Yeah, there you to, go to an American mother. Ah, oh, okay. Well, that's why I can still stand. Yes. Um, 
Still want to see that birth certificate, though. Yeah, go the birth movement. Anyway, so I, as much as we're going to pick a winner, I'd love... The, my heart says I'd love Sanders to win. I think my head says Clinton will get the Democratic nomination, and I can't... I think Trump will implode, and thank God Ben Carson imploded. Uh, ben Carson is, isn't even on Earth. He's in a low-Earth orbit yeah. somewhere, somewhere near the Hubble Space Telescope. I don't know. He just needs to sit on a hill and wait for the mothership to come back. The, that, that boy ain't right. But anyway, I think we should wrap this up. So, yeah, I've, I'm just going to say Hillary and maybe Marco Rubio at this point. It's kind of hard to say. I know. And if I could pick anyone across the world that's alive today to be president in any of their place, it'd have to be... Kanye West. No, God, I hate him. Um, Do you, you mean you love hate him or hate hate him? No, I hate hate him. Uh, He's the most overrated. Anyway. Um, see, it's a shame David Bowie hadn't died. I like David Bowie would have made a good US president. He wouldn't have wanted the job, which is why he'd be perfect for yeah, it. Yeah, true. Um, oh, who would I choose? Hmm. What about Stan Lee? You and know, you're you're worried about Sanders' age? <laughs> yeah, I know there is that. But at least he'd only be one termer. The chances of him living through another eight years is pretty bloody low. That's that is that's harsh, but but true. Oh, do you know? I really wish I could think of someone. I would Walter Cronkite. I think he's dead now. But yeah, he is. Um, ben Stiller. Who, who amongst the male actors would you... Um, Samuel L. Jackson as US President. Oh. That'd bring some attitude to the job. Well, the, the uh, Air Force One would be snake-free. I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> That's right. And on that note, I think we should probably wrap this, yes. uh, this pile of bollocks up. All right, cool. Do you agree? Yeah, I do. I hear um, it, um, we got to do some quick TV recommendations. Oh, I suppose we could do that. Uh, I've been catching up, and for those of you that watch it, it's it's far from news because there are nine, ten, nine or ten series uh, seasons. Sorry, um, Trailer Park Boys. I've had it recommended to me by a few people over the years. Finally, got round to watching it on Netflix, starting on over Christmas. I've just started series four um, and loving it. You ever seen it, Simon? I haven't. I've seen clips of it, so I know there's someone who's incredibly long-sighted. Yes, Bubbles. Um, I, look, for those of you that haven't listened to it, do give it two or three episodes. What's really cool is they're only about 22 minutes an episode. Um, so very easy. And each series is only six to eight episodes. So it's pretty easy to blow, uh, burn your way through them. Uh, it's a Canadian production, and it's set in a trailer park. And that's probably all I need to say. There are some dead set losers who are the central characters. There's a trailer park supervisor who they all hate that's constantly hounding them. But some of the idiosyncrasies of each of the characters, Bubbles is uh, long sightedness, uh, short sightedness. Um, it's just it's gold from start to finish. Can't recommend it highly enough. Right. Um, and the Snoopy movie. Peanuts movie I finally watched about three weeks ago and loved to bits. If you ever like the Peanuts comic strips, they've managed to recreate 
uh, a the old TV and movies specials, but also the comic strip absolutely perfectly. Uh, but it's done in three D, isn't it? Yes, but not in a really obvious way. So it's still, it, it just, still feels fairly flat. It feels fairly flat, and it just it totally it doesn't deviate from the feel of the comic strips and does it in a beautiful way. It's a really top. If you've got kids, great family movie, but if you just love Peanuts anyway, it's a really brilliant movie. Mm. And the, the style of animation, I believe, is very, very similar to the old the old specials as well, isn't it? It, it is. The characters aren't bouncing around like Looney Tunes characters. No, not at all. And what's really funny is the Woodstock and Snoopy noises that they make are actually directly taken, uh, I've forgotten the guy's name that did all the noises for the TV and original movies in the 60s, 70s, um, they're directly taken from them. So they're, they're not recreated, they're actually the samples that were in those movies. Mm. Um, so yes, much recommended. If you haven't seen it at the cinemas, because it's probably finished in most places now, it's definitely worth a, a look, either streaming or picking up the DVD. Excellent. That'll do me. Any recommendation from you, Simon? You said you're watching a few movies on Netflix. Uh, yes, but I'm going to go with the recommending of a couple of TV shows. Cool. Um, both on Netflix, oddly enough, because I just can't be bothered watching free-to-air TV. Too shouty and stupid. Yes. The first is a show called Occupied. Now, it's actually um, Norwegian. Okay. But it's uh, about follows the uh, the drama involved when Russia stages a velvet invasion of Norway. Oh. Uh, I've only watched the first couple of episodes of that, but very good. The tone is, is interesting, and uh, I've found myself quite intrigued by it. Is it a Netflix original? I don't believe it is, no. A relatively recent production? It is a, yes, it is a recent production. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So have a stick that on your on your list if uh, if you haven't already. And the other show is something that's recently started on Netflix as well. I think this one is a net. Oh no, it's a Showtime. Actually, no, this is on Stan. So it's uh, anyone who's got access to Showtime um, or Stan or whatever your local cable provider is that has Showtime. It's a show called Billions, and that's. Okay. Uh, got um paul giamatti and david so you you know paul giamatti to look at him if you don't know his name he's a lot of things he's an award-winning actor he's very good and damian lewis who you would know from homeland and band of brothers oh yeah uh yes very good very good show uh again it's only a couple of episodes in because it's being released incrementally rather than in a blob um so, well worth a look. Uh, Paul Giamatti is uh, the Attorney General, U.S. Attorney General, I think, and uh, Damien Lewis's character is a, a hedge, very successful hedge fund manager. Cool. So it's a, a bit of a bit of political and financial intrigue. So if you enjoy that kind of flavour, well worth a look. And I think that's that's my recommendations. Did you and have it, 
else? Well, I'm, I'm just imagining you're not excited about the Deadpool movie, but we'll talk about that next episode or in Flashpoint. I, I can't talk about that. No, I know you can't. Um, blood vessel will go in my eye again. But for the odd comic collector out there, there's an amazing competition going on at the moment. Um, if you're on Facebook, there's a huge group called Comic Book Collecting. It's got about 34,000 members uh, and I joined it a few months back. And the guy that runs it, I can't work out whether he's rich or good Samaritan or both, constantly gives away stuff to group members uh, just out of the goodness of his heart. And he's currently running a Deadpool thing that if you can guess the opening US weekend gross for Deadpool, um, you get the complete run... Uh, of the new mutants, including the famous issue 87 that's worth quite a bit of money. Anyway, there's 10 prizes that are all Deadpool-related and there's some amazing prizes. And all you need to do is on this uh, post put your guess for the gross we- opening weekend gross for the Deadpool movie in the US. So I, l- I looked it up, and I'd be interested in your thoughts, Simon. So I looked up Avengers did about $140 million in its opening weekend. I've guessed, because it's R-rated and whatever, I've... Uh, sorry, it was $240 million, I think it was, sorry. Um, I've guessed come in at $104 million for Deadpool, but I think I might be being optimistic. I would be amazed if it did anywhere near that well. Yeah, most people are saying 50 to $60 million. Yeah, I'd, I would probably go 40 50 Um it's really hard to say because this is a movie that's kind of come out of nowhere for a lot of people. I've noticed there's an awful lot of advertising in the way of hoardings and on, on uh, buses and and such. So there's there's Fox is throwing some money at this. I think they're expecting it to, well, to at least recover costs. But I just don't know how. I've, there's been a lot of good uh, good publicity about yeah, it. Yeah. The reviews have been good. But I don't know how this that's actually going to translate into box office. Particularly can, being R-rated. Yeah, that, that's one of it. And it's a character that I don't know how popular he is, quite honestly. Um, I mean, I've, I've been collecting comic books since the, these comic books since the original series. So it's, it's always been... I've, I've got some, um, you know, some... Uh, some the, what do you call them? The little... Trade oh, paperbacks? No, models. <laughs> oh, models, yeah, yeah. Figurines, yeah. Yeah, figurines. So, you know, it's uh, he's always been fairly fairly up and, up a, in my mind. So it's from my vantage point, it's really kind of hard to tell. I just noticed that the comic books seem to be fewer on the shelves than they used to be. Uh, there, there's there's so, a few more now. And just to give you one quick anecdote, I was in a, uh, my local comic shop today um, it was quite busy and uh, a mum came in with her five-year-old son and the only reason she came in was to buy a Deadpool pop vinyl and she was saying to the guy behind the counter, I still haven't been able to get his head around the fact that he won't be able to go and see the movie. Oh. So I'm thinking, where's the five-year-old picked up A, about Deadpool and B, liked him that much? So constant exposure... Unless, because he's not that pervasive in popular culture, so I'm fascinated where the five-year-olds picked it up. Hard to say. I, th- I think probably if he's been picked up anywhere, it's because he tends to pop up in a lot of other Marvel comics, yeah, and Marvel TV shows. He's popped up in a couple of Spider-Man things. He's uh, popped up in uh, like uh, that was it 
Deadpool versus the Hulk or the Hulk versus Deadpool. Is, those, but yeah. yeah, anything to do with because um, being part of uh, the whole um, uh, the whole Project X thing, yeah, he's yeah. well. If anything to do with the X Men or Wolverine, particularly, uh, he's probably got noticed through that rather than necessarily his own comic books. Yeah, that'd be interesting to see. I'll, I'll definitely. You're going to see it this weekend, I'm assuming. No. You're not going to see it the opening weekend? No. Why definitely. not? I don't like crowds. Oh, yeah, the crowd. Yeah, okay. And I can notice that's reasonable. For example, on Friday night, Star Wars, there were 10 of us in the theatre. That was much better than opening night when it was packed. That is much better. I I would, but, yeah, you know, it's midnight openings for, for video games and going to opening nights. It's... It's all fine and so on, and you can get carried along with the with everyone's excitement. And, and there's something to be said for that, but I would much prefer getting a seat that I like, being able to choose a good location, yeah. a theatre, and just enjoying the movie without uh, without having to sit off to one side or right at the back or right at the front. Uh, and also, if the theatre is a little less full, then you don't have quite so many people jabbering, trying to... Yeah on their phone or rustling the whatever the hell, the, the, the rustling bag full of rustling bags that they put <laughs> at the concession stand. So, yes, I'm, I've reached the point where I much prefer to wait a little while and uh, have a bit more comfort. I suppose that just means I'm old. Yeah, but also thanks to the internet, you won't want to leave it too long. Not that I think they're going to be – it's the sort of movie that will engender lots of spoilers, but still – I don't know about spoilers. I I can very much see it's going to. There's going to be a lot of memes and quotable lines that are going to start, yes. which are very very quickly. Cool. We'll have to start that because I'm planning on seeing it opening weekend. So I'll try and come up with. Um, I'll see it opening weekend. I'll have to see what tickets I can get. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sitting on the far left though. No. Well, you can book online the seats now. So just get get in now and book yourself a seat. No, Ticketmaster can kiss my big hairy bum. Yeah, I'm, true. They do gouge for I'm doing that. Not yeah. getting gouged by those twats. I'll yeah. I'll go into the, I'll go and buy it myself. Thank yes. you. Yes. So, all right. Sorry, I'll shut up now. I'm done. I'm spent. Well, uh, who? Really? <laughs> it's kind of gross. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Thanks. Thanks. Austin Powers. That could be another whole episode on its own. Sharing that. It's nice. Anyway, in the interest of good taste, we will call that a show. If you have any ideas or suggestions, any ideas, any kind of suggestion, feel free to email us at contact at oceanicgamer.com or you can tweet David using at Creative Shed or me at RPGBeatsRL. For earlier episodes, visit www.creativeshed.com or subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks very much for listening. And if you like what you heard, remember to subscribe and, uh, well, maybe you'll get some sort of alert from the uh, the sort of slipshod, periodic, erratic release schedule. That we- <laughs> can, can, you, can we even really call it a release schedule? No, I was just thinking, I'm thinking, now when will episode 12 be? But let's aim for a month's time. Uh, let's do that, yes. Yeah, yeah. We're busy people and there's lots of movies to go and see, but we'll uh, do our uh, best. There's lots of Xboxes to recondition. True. Because that's fun, apparently. (laughs) Anyway, say goodbye, David, and let's wrap this monster up. Goodbye, David. (sighs) I think I've done that even before as well. Sorry. (laughs)
It's your dad jokes that are part it of is. this show. I'm sure of it. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you later. Bye.